listening to you on the way in. Very funny. And oh, thank you. I know. Yeah, but then one of then one of my trails came on, and of course that's when you sink lower in the back seat. You think, oh, embarrassing, honestly, because mm. you don't want to express excitement by winding down the window, shouting, "It's me! It's me!" I'm on the radio, and, and then yeah. I came in. I thought, oh, I need something to really get me going. Yeah. So I watched the T-Mobile advert on YouTube. Oh, I am the passenger. All right, okay. welcome home. And and then th- they did a Glee song over in Rome. Oh, oh, it's just just a small town. But and then they all join in. Oh, don't rain me. Should we try that? This no, sadly morning? not, because you're on holiday. Oh, and I hope we're customs. I, you I... won't get any further than the customs at Gatwick. I like to pay that trail for you, because I like to remind people you're still alive. <laughs> I think it's a nice thing to do before you yes. come on, because, you know, it's always touch and go. You know, it's, at five to five, I'm always a bit worried. To be honest with has you. Has survived another day? Touch and go for me. I wake up in the morning, <laughs> I reach over for the Times at the moment, and, and I turn to the obituary, and if I'm not in it, I get up. <laughs> I suppose they kiss the floor when you wake Absolutely. up in the morning. I wake up and go, thank you, God, for another day. Yeah. Another day of annoying Christo. Oh, that's, that's Another nice. day of um, winding up all the dreadful people. Oh, I think that, uh, so are you going to miss me? I'm off. I'm going to be going uh, on well, a family holiday. we are holiday. going to miss you. It's, I mean, it's, it's really going to be quite sad that you're going no further than customs <laughs> for your holiday. <laughs> Is that because you don't want me to go? No, it's, oh. it's, it's just, as I say, I mean, no, I'm sure you'll have a lovely, but it only seems a short while ago since you had another holiday. I know this is a family wedding, actually. I've got to go to this. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're having more holidays than I've had in five years. I know that, but that's because, you know, you, you don't like leaving the country. You don't really like anything, do you, remember? Yeah. I, see, the trouble is, I'm so British. Mm. I want to sit on the pier at Skeggy or wherever with an ice cream and fish and chips and be quite happy. Oh, we should go to Brighton for the day one day. Well, Brighton, they had, a, they had an earthquake the other day. Nobody noticed. Oh, really? <laughs> there was an earthquake out off sea and it was about ten miles down and some of the buildings shook. You know, there, there, oh. was, a, there was a slight tremor, but that's Brighton for you. And, uh, and nobody noticed The earth it. moved in Brighton. The earth moved. I've, I've got friends who live in Brighton. Um, so, um, you're, uh, you, you, you're still going to be here while I'm away? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be holding the fort you for you. You never take a holiday, do you, really? I don't do holidays. Very rarely. I'll tell you why I don't do holidays. What's the point? Every day's a holiday. When you get to my age, you're quite kind of grateful to be breathing. So I think so. if I go on holiday, yeah, you know, I don't want to come back in the cargo hold. No, that's actually you know, true. That is true. And a lot of Brits, uh, lot of Brits you know, come are, back. who are in their the autumn of their lives, the uh, they do. The autumn. They do, you're right. Winter. They do. Oh, they been, do. A cold few years. <laughs> they do find themselves. Yeah. Getting themselves quite sick on holiday. They do. Yeah. Actually, I don't get sick on holiday. In fact, I don't get sick. Full stop. I don't do colds. Hmm. Really, I'm not a cold sort of person. Yeah. I like to get up and sort of capitalise on the days and. Apparently it's going to be nice today, and then tomorrow, pff, heavens. You, know what, you strike me as the kind of person that just s- jumps out of bed and sings, "Morning has broken." I do jump out of bed, actually. Oh, do you? Mainly to stop all the blooming alarm clocks because oh. I've got I've got three of them. Have you? Yeah, that go. I mean, I don't need alarm clocks to get up. But yeah. I, I, just, I, I do bounce out of bed. I have to. It's, I, it's either that or roll out, because my oh. bed's quite high. Oh, is it? Because I put one of those tempura-type mattresses on top of my other one. Oh, is it one of those kind of stanner ones that, you know, that kind of, like, lifts <laughs> up the back <laughs> no, of it and, pu- and no, pushes no, no. you out of bed? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. I, I do need to bounce off it, because cause my mattress moulds to the shape of my body, so you can oh, imagine okay. what a job the mattress has got. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <And laughs> to be a mattress in Steve Allen's house. Uh, and then the, your carer brings you a cup of tea. Yeah, the carer generally is knocked on the door and, Stephen... And takes out the potty from under the bed, no. and then we take it on from there. Oh, but like I a do nice bounce out of bed. I li- if, if you saw me in the morning, <laughs> I do go one, two, three, <laughs> and, and get out that way. And then, of course, I've heard about this fire. This is in Lambeth. Yes, it's um, it's actually quite. Serious. Where is it? Is it on the embankment? It's uh, uh, it's just off uh, Black Prince Road. Right. Okay. And uh, it's it's a seventeen-story block of flats. It's the fourth floor. There are most. Or, the they're listener... they're posh flats, aren't they? Yes. And the listener that sent me pictures, uh, which I think we're going to try and get on the website as soon as we can. It yeah. does look like it's. 
got well, pretty... not be till about nine o'clock this morning. Oh. You won't be able to get them on till then. Oh, well, it's got... It's, I could see quite substantial flames really? on the uh, fourth floor, and it was very recently you'd taken the pictures. So, presumably, they've evacuated people from the from flats. From the flats, and I think there were 23 uh, fire vehicles there, we knew, at the, right. the last count, but I don't know if they're in... Because yeah, flats are more difficult to get to yeah. than anything else. Not like it a looks house like fire. quite a modern building, though. I think it's oh, quite right. a modern building. I don't know Lambeth at all well, I'm afraid. Oh, well, it's kind of my neck of the woods. Is it? Yeah. Come for a visit one day. They had a thing the other day on the telephone, landlord, and I say to you, well, I'm, I'm withholding all my rent because mm. I want all this ceiling paint. You haven't done this, you haven't done that, I'm not paying you any money at all. My and then I change the locks and you're out. Word, let's hope that we never get to that scenario. What, you're my landlord? You have to move in and I'm, I'm your landlord. You know, I might have a spare room and it's a lovely little box room, but I, you know what, I don't, I don't think it would work. Where would, where would your carer sleep? Well, you'd be in the other room, I assume. <laughs> I'm only guessing wildly. I, I hope it never comes to that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go now. Great. Uh, bring us back a present. For, where are you going? I'm going to New York for three days, then I'm off oh. to Canada for a family oh, wedding. Oh, that's nice. Yes. My, my late uncle, uh, Albert, lived in Canada. He was a lecturer. Toronto, I'm going to. No, his name is Albert. Oh, right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Oh, you'll love it over there. They'll love you. Oh, do you think so? Oh, lots of little rotund people over <gasps> there. So you're, you're fitting quite oh, well. I know when you're going to you, take your little beret. I know when you're when you're feeling a little bit upset about me going somewhere. That's yeah. when you start to throw the insults because it's the only way you can show that you 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 really love me. I know that. Everyone else knows. My friend, it must be a Greek thing because my friend Michael says the same. He says every time you insult me, I know that's really a form of flattery. And I go, no, I'm really insulting <laughs> you. They don't okay. learn. Well, bye then. Yeah, bye. See you. Off you go. Anyway, oh, we have to take a break oh, shortly. Do you know I don't want a little no, I don't want a hug. Anything like that. No, oh, thank I thought you. that would be a nice moment. No, no, no. Get the, get the police on the other phone, and uh, we'll get him at the end of the building. <laughs> have a lovely time. We'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, Will you be a different colour or still rust? <laughs> Lunch when I what sort of food they've got in Canada? Well, we'll see the effects of it when you get back, won't we? So that'll be nice. Christo will be back in two weeks on LBC. And uh, if you're in that area of the fire, do you want to send me some pictures of... Oh, it's a week and a half, is it? Got a week and a half of Nick Majerison. Be a lot of religion, I think, going on overnight. A lot of religion. He likes religion. If you're in the area of this fire in Lambeth, do you want to send me some pictures? Take some pictures on your phone and send them in. And we'll see if we can get them up on the uh, website a little bit later on. But uh, do give us a ring. Or send us a text or an email. Do you live in that block? 84850, steve at uk. Love to, uh, love to see the pictures, if you can get them through. And I know we've got the uh, fantastic uh, phones now, with the cameras on there, so there's no excuse for not getting good pictures. Christo got some earlier on, so why don't you send some in? 84850, steve at uk. Uh... That story the other day that we were running on LBC, I noticed about, you know, the people who died in the explosion. It turns out they were making illegal vodka. You can't help feeling justice was done somewhere because this illegal vodka could kill. In their case, it absolutely did kill. Uh, papers today, I've noticed Ulrika Johnson. I was wondering what had happened to Ulrika Johnson, and she popped up on the television yesterday talking about, um, you know, how she'd been hacked into as well. It's amazing, actually, when, when she wants to look forlorn, she doesn't put any makeup on, scrapes the hair back, and yet normally she can make the best of herself. Uh, Imogen Thomas has landed a top telly job, which she hasn't really. She's landed a job just doing a few little reports. Um, they've just done it to get publicity for this morning because it's going into the summer break, and unfortunately that's when Eamon Holmes and Ruth take over, and that's when the figures plummet, I'm afraid. So, uh, Sharon Osbourne has accused Piers Morgan of being a homophobic man who probably wears stockings under his suit. Oh, absolutely. You can only hope with Piers Morgan that, uh, that I mean, he, he's so sort of... Well, he thinks he's so heterosexual. 
But he really doesn't like anything like that at all. But Sharon says it wouldn't surprise me if Piers had suspenders and fishnets on. <laughs> I think the least said about that, the better, which is uh, <laughs> kind of thing we don't, can't deal with. Uh, Ulrika Johnson, my fury at being hacked. Because apparently somebody phoned her up and said, uh, we, we can actually get into your uh, phone messages. Well, unless she has the most interesting phone messages, which I shouldn't imagine she does have, anybody can get into your phone messages. It was like, it was like sort of milking something which really wasn't there. It's, it was of no interest. I began to think, it's almost like, you know, how can I get myself back publicity? So they do a programme on it, where they're looking at the whole... Everybody's been hacked. Now it turns out that Abby Titmus uh, last night hired lawyers over this alleged phone hacking. The former nurse... Oh, do me a favour. Told the, uh, was told that the paper intercepted her voicemails over a long period of time. Well, what sort of... What interest? The voicemails wouldn't be from her. They'd be from other people. So we're not interested in hearing her droney little voice going on about things. It'd be other people phoning her. And most people leaving phone messages, you know, most people, I say, would just be, hi, Steve, it's Christo, give me a ring back, it's 20 past four or something like that. You don't leave long phone... There's nothing you can gain from phone hacking. I really don't think so. You know, if ever I sort of phone, phone Amanda, I wouldn't go, oh, so today's been today. I'd just go, hi, Amanda, it's Steve, I'll call you later. Wouldn't I? Yeah. That's all I'd say. And when, when she does it, I get the operator going, uh, I've got a reverse charge call coming from Amanda. Would you accept the charge? And I go, no. <laughs> you don't leave long messages. You've got your phone number. You won't give it to me. I won't give it to her, no. I'm ex-director. I'm a celebrity. Christo's not got it either. He thinks he has, but he's actually got the other phone. I have, I have th- three phones now. I have friends. Then I have uh, people I've met casually. And then I have work colleagues. And then I have the Christo phone as well, which is sort of like the bat phone at home, and it, it pulses very slowly, very slowly. Uh, Peter Andre and the picture of the first Greek cabbie accused of stabbing to death the former England football mascot, Robert Sebash. All of that to come, and the fire after this. These are the headlines this morning on LBC. Around 75 firefighters are dealing with a large fire at flats in Lambeth. It started just before 3am on Salamanca Place. We understand 19 people have been rescued and fire survival advice is being given to a number of residents by the London Fire Brigade. In the US, the FBI has confirmed it has started an investigation after claims victims' families of 9-11 had phones hacked. The owner of the News of the World, Rupert Murdoch, says he'll challenge the total lies made... Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 18 minutes past five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC. This might be the last decent weather day you have over the weekend. I've checked my brother. I've got two offers. Well, I've got three offers, actually, on Saturday. You know, one is to, to go down to um, a thing with my brother and the family, so that sounds quite good. Then my friend Daryl and his wife invited me over for dinner on Saturday night, and then I've got other dinner as well, and I'm debating, what do I do? If it's going to rain, not much fun going out, is it, really? You'd rather stay in and watch a movie. And sort of opened up a packet of crisps. I had a packet of crisps yesterday. My first packet of crisps that I've had in three months, four months. They were just plain. I, I, I looked at all the different... And I thought, do I really want a different... No, I thought, I'll have, buy a packet of plain crisps. And, you know, I ate them. And they had such a dire effect on me. I think it'll be about another four months before I have another packet. Yeah. You eat hula hoops. See, hula hoops are quite nice. I used to eat those, um, uh, those cheesy puff things, quavers. I used to love... Then somebody said to me, they're really bad. I said, I know they're really bad. Everything is really bad for you. And those other things, cheesy watsits. Oh, I, like, oh, I could make my hands orange with those things. So, Monster Munch. I've tried that. I do, pickled onions. Oh, I do love pickled onions. 
I, ju- I went to the supermarket the other day actually looking at pickled onions because I happened to walk past it and I couldn't believe how many different varieties of pickled onion there are and how many different companies are making pickled onions. I mean, it's a bewildering array. At one time, there used to be pickled onions and the, the catchphrase was the first pickles to bite back. And my mum used to make pickled onions. And I used to love... We'd have big jars of them because that's what she'd do pickling for the winter. Oh, it's lovely. Lovely. And then... I got a bit confused the other day because I got a, a press release through from a film and it's the new Jim Carrey film and it's the film called Mr Popper's Penguins. Now, you'll remember that I have two books which go back to my childhood. One of them is The Circus is Coming by Noel Stretfield, which goes back to the 1940s and the other is Mr Popper's Penguins which dates back to 1938. And I've talked about this book Uh, Because I bought myself a copy a short while ago, and I bought an original copy of The Circus is is Coming by Noel Stretfield, which sort of gave me my interest in circus. And when they talked about Jim Carrey... Now, I know what happens. When the Americans take a book, they immediately turn it into an American story. Now, the story that you've got here on Mr Popper's Penguins with Jim Carrey, and it's also got uh, all sorts of different... The, the budget was 55 million quid for this film. And it's got dancing penguins. And it says here, when Tom Popper, Jim Carrey, is, is a divorced realtor. I think that means an estate agent. Whose father travelled... Real- a what? A realtor? A realtor. His father travelled to many far places around the world during his childhood. When his father dies, a crate containing a penguin shows up at the doorstep. Eventually, due to a miscommunication, more penguins arrive, bringing the total to six... Um, and he falls in love with the penguins. Then he decides he's going to give them away, and he doesn't, so he keeps them. At the same time, he's given the task of buying Tavern on the Green, an old restaurant he used to... So and so it goes on, and Angela Lansbury is the elderly owner of the tavern. Well, this bears no relation to Mr Popper's Penguins, because Mr Popper's Penguins is the story of Tom Popper. This is the original story, who is a house painter who dreams of travelling around the world. He, He gets immersed. What he's got is a shortwave radio. And in his uh, bedroom of a night time, he, he, he tunes in and he goes around the world and chats to people. And one day, he tunes in to a radio broadcast by an Admiral Drake, who's exploring Antarctica. And they correspond. And he writes. And, uh, and Admiral Drake says in one of the broadcasts, uh, signing off, Miss, Mr Popper, expect, expect um, a delivery soon. Mr Popper has no idea what this is going to be. The surprise turns out to be a large box, in which is a penguin, which he names Captain Cook, after the famous explorer James Cook. Mr Popper cleans out the icebox so the penguin can sleep inside, and as as time goes on, the, the penguin's health starts to fade, and he doesn't know what to do. And so he goes to the local zoo, and the local zoo say, we have a penguin as well, called Gretchen, and her health is fading as well. Perhaps they're pining... So they put them together, and as luck would have it with, with, with penguins, they're at it like rabbits within about five minutes. Anyway, very shortly they have an egg, and uh, they, they, what they've had to do is they've had to open all the windows upstairs in Mr Popper's house. Because he lives in, in a place called um, Stillwater in the 19th... It's all made up. So all the Americans have done is they've transferred it to America and made him an estate agent and a restaurant they put into it. There was nothing of that kind at all in the original book. So what they have to do is they have to make a snow-covered habitat for the penguins to live in. Although penguins can live in warm climes as well. As time passes, Greta lays the egg and then another egg, and so it goes on. And before they know where they are, they've got 12 penguins to feed. And Mr Popper's only a house painter. 
So he decides to raise money by training the 12 penguins and turning them into an act. Anyway, they then have Popper's Performing Penguins. The theatre in New York, the penguins cause trouble. Turns out they're in the wrong theatre. And in the end, Admiral Drake has arrived to see Popper's Performing Penguins for himself. He's arrived from the North Pole, which is fantastic. But uh, Mr Popper decides that show business is no life for his penguins and uh, Drake lets all of the 12 penguins go with him on his expedition to the North Pole where they'll be released experimentally into the Arctic. And the Poppers are sad to see the penguins go, especially Mr Popper, because he's had his performing penguins until Admiral Drake says at the end of the book, would you like to come with us, Mr Popper? And Mr Popper decides to give up the house in Stillwater, says goodbye to the wife and the children and embarks with Admiral Drake to release the penguins into the wild. That's the book version. In America, it's completely different. They've got Jim Carrey dancing with penguins, which, of course, as you can well imagine, is all superimposed. So I was a little bit disappointed to see that they haven't stuck to the original book by Richard and Florence Atwater. And, uh, but I will watch it. But it's not the same Mr Popper's Penguins. But anywhere where somebody, you know, actually takes a story and they pay for it, they're bound to change it, aren't they? Bound to change it. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. If you're in the area of this fire in Lambeth, do let us know. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 84850, steve at If you're one of the residents in the block, give us a ring as well. 0845 6060 973. If you're the lottery winner, do please phone. On 08456060973, the ticket holders come forward. I'm convinced it's a single person. I don't believe that it's uh, it's a syndicate because somebody would have, I think somebody would have, you know, broken ranks by now and said, oh yes, you know, it's it's definitely us. So let me know. 84850steve@lbc.co.uk. Um, picture of uh, soap babe Jennifer Ellison. She wasn't in. She hasn't been in a soap for about the last 500 years, I don't think. But she went to Legally Blonde, the musical. Um, burglary's up. Burglary's up now. And, uh, and strangely enough, the kidnap victim, J.C. Duggard's book, sold 175,000 copies. This is the stolen life. She was 11 when she disappeared, and she was held by a father of uh, two girls in... And, uh, sorry, she fathered two girls with this man who abducted her all those years ago. So she's written a book about it. 175,000 copies have been sold just on the first day alone. It's amazing, isn't it, that people will, uh, will sort of read into these stories. Imogen Thomas dreadful old baggage, uh, has bagged a top TV top job. She hasn't really. She's appearing on This Morning giving women style and beauty tips. First of all, find somebody rich to sleep with and then try and sell as many stories as you possibly can. Hello. Nice to see you. This is your Friday outfit, is it? A bit difficult to tell. It's very nice. It's very nice that I think a little bit too much flesh is showing, but there you go. It's not hardly my business to discuss. You're showing a lot of flesh, OK? There's a lot of people who are quite sensitive to things like that round here. I've got trousers I'm, and a cardigan on. Do you not know, think maybe a hijab or something would be better? <laughs> <laughs> Just, well, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of... I mean, don't find me undoing half my buttons down to my navel, do you? Showing off my ample chest and body. Uh, 84850steve.lbc.co.uk. I'm just saying it's a lot of flesh and I'm not going to make a big deal about it. Okay, it's fine. That's what you normally wear when you're out in the streets. That's good for you, but uh, hardly inappropriate for work, I think. Wouldn't look very good for me, actually. I can do off the shoulder. I can do off the shoulder. I we used to have a guy who used to work here years ago. I won't tell you who he is because he now works on a, on a prominent TV station and he used to come in with his shirt slashed open, open to his belly button. And he used to have medallions hanging in front. And all the girls used to go, cool. And all the fellas used to go, show off. Well, not all the girls. 
medallions. He used to have these gold chains and everything. <laughs> I won't tell you who he is, because he's very well known, actually. Uh, 84850. Apparently, uh, Phil says Christo's going to miss the Lambeth County show this weekend in Brockwell Park. Oh, gutted, I should imagine he must be. I love a county show. I love those sort of things. Anyway, I've been to the Essex show a couple of times, and I, I, I do like things like that. I love a good... We were talking about fun fairs the other day. I was talking about fun fairs to a friend of mine, saying, if I had enough money, I would hire my own fun fair. Or failing that, if I'd won the 161000000 million, I'd like to tour for a year with a circus, and then tour for a year with a fun fair, have my own big Winnie Bago, and just sort of follow everybody around and put lights in and all the rest of it, and just, just sort of dress up as a clown and just sit there, you know, in the door, and just take photographs over a year, you know, a year with whatever circus it happened to be, and a year with a fun fair. I think that'd be great. Uh, Dave says, just to let you know, the fire in Lambeth's right next door to the London Fire Brigade headquarters. That'll be useful, won't it? That'll be very useful. 84850, steve at If you're near the fire, you can get some photos to us. Do so. This is LBC 97. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to six is the time. It's Friday. Woohoo, as they say. Although, actually, Leicester Square this morning was absolutely full of foreign students all over the place. Drunk. The Met. Why is it people... I mean, do they eat like animals, these people? Because there's half a tonne of food on the ground. Now, if you buy some food, the general idea is you try and aim for your mouth. Yet down this corridor here, quite clearly, all the foreign students have got no idea where their mouths are because the food is all over the place. It's all over the floor. There's big buckets of popcorn. There's half-eaten sandwiches. There's bits of disgusting chicken. And you think, why don't you just open your mouth a bit wider? You know, I'll open it for you if you'll ask. You know, just ask me and I'll come in and shove the food in there, complete with a box, because it just drives me mad. And then people just throw stuff on the floor. Mm, like shocking. the cleaners haven't got anything better to do than pick up other people's filth. I saw somebody the other day, he was driving along Heathrow, an old man, and he'd, he'd a, a tissue in his hand, blew his, and then just threw it out the car window. And I wanted to go, Oi! Pick up that blooming tissue! I the saw, cleaners round here don't pick up your rubbish. I saw a car go past my office the other week, two weeks ago, and as they were coming past, they opened the car door mm. and chucked out McDonald's wrappers yes. all over the place. Yeah. And you just look at them and you think, stop that man! I, I want one of those guns that they have on Batman where it's got a magnet attached at the end and you go, Tsh! and then you pull the car back in and you go, pick your rubbish up, you piece of filth. Uh, here is, in the middle of the Daily Star today, Chloe Maidley. I'm sorry, love, you're very plain. <laughs> You know, I don't want to be boring. I mean, I'm, I'd have to ask Amanda again, because she knows every time I say this, she sometimes goes, Steve. And then you look at these pictures, you think, you have not got model looks. You've, your nose is wrong, your makeup is bad. Just doing your hair slightly damp does not make you attractive. I'm sorry, love. You look like a complete bozo. And the whole basis of this two-page interview is because she's taking part in the Virgin Active London Triathlon. That's how desperate her life is. She can't even afford to buy property in London. Her poor father, Richard, God knows, that's an embarrassment, turned up on loose from the other day, saying that uh, she, she's only renting. I thought, yes. And uh, he said because they, they, they can't afford to buy a place. I thought, oh, so all this, I've got loads of work. Nothing. Nothing at all. Well, the majority of people are only renting. In fact, they were talking earlier on the news to say that rents in London have reached, it's a minimum of £1,000 a month. And oh, that's quite normal. when they become available, yeah. people just grab them. So, yes. I must have that flat. Yes. So, you know, to buy somewhere, she needs a pretty hefty deposit. I mean, what does she do? She hasn't done anything. But I bet, well, she's actually done nothing I at mean, all. But these pictures here, I mean, this girl is plain. You know, in terms of what people can look like, this is after she's had a makeover. They've actually got here hair and makeup by Stephen Shander. 
Well, I tell you, you wouldn't want to go anywhere near him if that's the best he can manage. All he's done is he's sort of made her hair look as if it's a bit wet to make her look sexy. Frankly, I've seen more bog brushes look sexier than this. It's just an awful... I mean, look, I mean, I don't want to be rude. God knows. I mean, that's just a... Even by the Daily Star standards, she's bloody plain. It's a bit slutty, actually. Is it? I think See, so. See, I was quite nice then, by <laughs> contrast. I, I was... I mean... That, well, page she's three she, than page double page. She spread. is designed, apparently, you know, she, she talks about her sex life all the time, which, frankly, is not the nicest thing. But there again, the whole family talk about it, except Judy Finnegan, who sits there going, oh, God. <laughs> she was good on ice. Yes, she I'm was told very... she's quite good on the wardrobe. <laughs> she's <laughs> very good on ice. Yes. You have to give her that. She was, she was a Yeah, but that's not a, a career. You know, great if you're going to go and work for Disney. Go and work for <clears> Disney, love. But don't try and sell the fact you're sexy, because you ain't. She could go into high school musical. Oh, I ice. wish she would. Oh, sorry, high school musical. I wish she'd go to high school. <laughs> I mean, well, I love it, you know. The, 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 the parents of, of mm. you know, the, the children of famous parents. Mm. You know, Judy, who's very sweet. Richard, who's just irritating. Very irritating. You just say Judy Garland, then we're going to start talking about Liza Minnelli. Well, that would be quite nice. <laughs> well, she looks peculiar as well at the moment. But very successful and but very she's popular had all this again. Surgery. Oh, she has actually. Yeah. I never understand why people want to have surgery and alter themselves so that they almost become unrecognisable because they cannot bear to look at themselves in the mirror. Well, they and just have to learn. Always in the public eye, and they're always being photographed by every newspaper, yeah. every magazine, and they constantly see it on their own coffee table, their own face staring up there mm. and going, I really have to do something about that nose or that mouth or But they shouldn't alter. When you get to a certain age, when you get to the 60s, you shouldn't. I mean, somebody was telling me that there's a, a certain TV pretender I know quite well and it started appearing on bulletin boards what has he done to his hair? It looks like it's been dyed black. And... The trouble is, if, if you're going grey... Philip, Philip Schofield tried doing this years ago. He dyed his hair, and under studio lights, dyed black hair looks purple, and it looks a bit peculiar. Mm. So he then decided to leave it, and now he's white. And it suits him. Looks great. It, it looks absolutely fantastic. This other presenter obviously doesn't want to uh, go grey or white, uh, because that's kind of accepting old age. Although I think if you've got a young face, you're all... I mean, I could get away with it, probably. But you're not grey. Just about. No, I'm not grey. Amazingly no. so. I know. Oh, well, weird. I suppose you're only 39. I suppose you're 43. Uh, oh, 43. You're still a bit early to yeah. get grey. Yes. Whereas I'm grey. For 42, sorry. 42, <laughs> I am. Yeah. We'll get 40, it right. 40, 40, 40, I am, yes. I can't remember. That's, that's senility for Just you, ladies pull and another, another number out the hat, Exactly. Then. Paul in Manchester says, have you ever seen Biggins' new <laughs> show on Channel 4 called Quiz Trippers? I have. This is about a team of people who've never met. They go around Scotland in a camper van and they enter pub quizzes. Have to say for myself, not very impressed. I know, the as usual, what they've tried to find is some people who argue with each other. And that's, you know, it's a bit like... Uh, any of these programmes where they put people together and they sometimes deliberately put people in who are very stupid and and just silly people. And they've done so here. Uh, he says, just wondered, as there's obviously no news of the world this week, they're surely going to leave a decent interval before the sun on Sunday appears. What will you be buying instead? People will buy the mirror, they'll buy the people, and... The Sunday Times. They won't buy the Sunday Times. They don't buy too the big. Sunday Times. It's, it's too big to cope with. And pe- people will, will, will just buy the, uh, the little tabloids. They like them. People read those sort of stories. Although, what on earth half these sort of, you know, people like Ulrika Johnson are going to do now without these papers, I've got no idea. They'll never be in them anymore. No. Mind you, the Daily Mail and the Daily Express do a little bit of that, don't they? Yeah. But, so uh, they will take not, over a bit. Not a great deal, I'm afraid. And uh, the Telly Classic, you'll be delighted to know, ladies and gentlemen, through the keyhole, is returning. Oh. Now, this is actually quite nice. And uh, it's got Vernon Kay. And I thought to myself, oh dear, 
not really Vernon Kay because he doesn't rate, and that's why you've not seen him on television, because he, uh, he just doesn't... He doesn't work on television, I'm afraid. He's probably very sweet. He's too tall to be a television presenter. He's, um, he's sort of, he's okay, but after the phone scandal, we all lost a bit of interest. And then I thought, oh, he's not actually hosting the studio role. He's going to be the one going round the houses, which means Vernon Kay has fallen from grace because this is the supporting role. Mm. They're saying could be Paul O'Grady. And, um, I, I don't know. Although nothing appears to have been confirmed. A source says they're top choices for it. Well, Vernon Kay, really not. That would be instant switch-off. He, he cheapens the programme. Ne- I don't know who you want. Perhaps we could have Kate Thornton. Kate Thornton would be good. I like Kate Thornton. Kate Thornton would be very good. She's just been dropped by Loose Women. I know, which really is sad. She's because not very good on. But she was she was dropped by the X Factor, wasn't she? She wasn't very good on that. But actually, she wasn't at the beginning. Actually, when no, she, she first did the X Factor, I thought, "Oh, you're very annoying." Yeah. But I grew to like her a lot. Yeah, you have to see through these people. It's like poor old Dermot O'Dreary. You have to. <laughs> no, you he's know, a friend of mine. Be careful. Well, I don't care. I mean, you well, know, I I'm do. sure he's lovely, but he's not very good on television. On radio, he's even worse. I didn't realise just how bad somebody can be on radio without having the faint. I'm, I don't care if he's a friend. I do apologise, but I've heard him a couple of times he's dire absolutely awful he's got no microphone control whatsoever he doesn't know what voice he's supposed to be putting on so he's got no idea there he appears to know nothing about anything it's just rubbish he i feel much better having said that (laughs) about my my poor friend well i don't care listen i mean it's not my fault he's your friend (laughs) no i'm just merely i'm not commenting on his friendship or what he's like as a person i'm just saying as a radio presenter he falls way short of the mark with his television career he is much better at that small audience with a, with a clipboard, which is what yeah. he kind of created. Give him a supporting role. A He's supporting very, role, very good. Fine. Don't take these people who are good at supporting roles and go, you're now the main presenter, because that's when it falls flat. And that's mm. when, and I've seen it happen loads of times, and people go, oh, you're so bitchy about people. No, I'm always right. They've seen through Kate Thornton. They, they've seen through quite a... Zoe Tyler, I said, the moment she started... She's not right for that programme. And then she started talking about her love life, and I thought, listen, I don't want to hear about it. Carol McGiffin can get away with it to a certain extent because she's quite intelligent. She knows what she's talking about. She keeps up to date with things. Zoe Tyler was just... She was nobody. She was a singing teacher on something. That is not enough qualification to put you on a panel show. She said I was gutted. I thought, listen, I'm surprised you made it that far. Richard, you know, it's, it's like watching Eamon Holmes. Him and his dreary wife... Uh, in the, all the papers today, dressed up as Waynetta Slob and her husband to try and herald the arrival of them appearing on This Morning. Unfortunately, Eamon Holmes lost any credibility when he started dressing up and being silly. He's an old fat bloke who used to be very good years ago. Now, he's not very good. Not as fat, either. Well, he's he might not weight. be as fat. I don't care. He's just, he's irritating. And, you look at, and have you seen the way he talks to the wife? I tell you, why she's not turned around and slugged him by now, <laughs> I've got no idea. The man comes up with... Ugh, Dirty things at times. But Horrible. You used to say that about Richard and Judy, the way he talk- talked about Judy. Well, I haven't changed that now. Poor, <laughs> poor Judy's obviously sitting in a cupboard at home because she doesn't appear to go out with him anywhere. She wanted to write. That's why she said, I don't want to do television anymore. I'm fed up with it. I want to sit down in Cornwall. Because they're in Cornwall, aren't they? Well, they have a house at Hampstead. Yes, but they yeah. live mainly in Cornwall now. Yes. That's where they where I they're think based. Judy sort of bobs between the two, I think. Oh, well, but I apparently Chloe's living there. back at home now for a few days. In Hampstead? Yes, I think so, yes. They'll because go down she, for the she had moved out. I think Jack's moved out. And their other child has bought his own place. Oh, with his wife, I think. So there's obviously... There's the two desperate children. The Jack's ones. not desperate. Jack's, Jack's really quite lovely. 
And also as well... Chloe who's a bit desperate, I'm afraid. Aren't, aren't um, Eamon and his wife on uh, Good Morning every week anyway? Don't they do Fridays or something? Apparently, but they're taking over the summer. So that's my summer sorted out. I should be out watering the cat. And <laughs> <laughs> recording Daybreak. I'm recording anything. <laughs> but the fact that... In fact, you've only got to see him on there and I go click. Because the trouble is, I do not believe that you get up in the morning and you do one show and then you go on to do another show that you're giving 100%. It's not possible. Eventually you get tired. So why can't we put Eamon and his wife on daybreak? Why can't we just put them on a slow boat to China and get rid of them both at the same time? <laughs> do us all a favour. Do the country a favour. Because they'll be on a Hong Kong breakfast time, that's why. They'll be on Hong that. Kong fooey, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, don't forget, we're going to talk to the fire station manager from Lambeth in a moment. Find out what the situation is uh, down there. And uh, Mill tells me the chuggers were out in force for the NSPCC yesterday in New Malden High Street. Strange enough, we had them in Twickenham. And they jump in front of you. She says, well, one approached me, and uh, I've, I've said to you before, it's only, obviously, people who don't know what they're, they're doing. You need to turn around to and say, no, thank you, or pretend to be on your phone. That way it's made so much easier. And so this one came back to Merle with, don't you want to make a difference to someone's life? I, f- I was furious, she said, because these people have no idea what work we do for charity. They're out there earning £10 an hour. I had one walking backwards, doing the big smile, going, hello, how's your day going? I thought it would be better if you fall down in the road. I tell you, I feel a lot happier about life. But uh, just tell them politely to sort of go away. Um, And if you want to give to charity, you give it to charity. Do not give it to people who are earning £10 an hour, because your £10 a month is going to go nowhere. It's mainly going to pay their wages, I'm afraid. So uh, do not give to chuggers, okay? Just politely go to them. Get out of the way, or I'll fell you, okay? You know, it tends to work quite well. But a few of the other... They've started following people, women with prams... One bloke was following her. The woman's pushing the pram along, and he's following her the whole length of the high street. Mm. And I felt like saying to her, love, do you want me to call a policeman and get rid of this man? Because it's called begging. Don't go anywhere near them, OK? I've told you now. It's uh, quarter to six. These are the headlines. 50 firefighters have rescued 19 people from a fire in Lambeth with seven people in hospital. The fire started just before three this morning on the fourth floor of a 17-storey block in Salamanca Place. The fire's now under control. The FBI is to investigate reports that news corporations sought to hack phones of victims of the 9-11 attacks. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal, Rupert Murdoch defended the company's handling of the crisis and said he would counter some of the lies set about the company. And the son of Pink Floyd guitarist Dave Gilmore could face jail today when he's sentenced for going on the rampage at a student fees protest. The court heard yesterday that Charlie Gilmore shouted, we're going to break all the laws during a day of riots late last year. Check on the roads for you this morning. Jay Louise. Thank you very much. Southbound M1 still down to... Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, 6 is the time. It's nice to have your company. That fire's under control in Lambeth. We'll catch up with our reporter, Declan Harvey, very, very shortly. Uh, also, in, uh, also in court today for the uh, sentencing, the ghastly Charlie Gilmore. What a horrible person he is. This is the son of uh, Dave Gilmore, of Pink Floyd. Mm. Turned up in court with his mother the other day. I mean... Just a vile person. I mean, just absolutely awful. Really. I mean, just dreadful. And so, um, he was shouting, we're going to break all the laws. He, he was throwing stuff. He was doing all sorts of things. Either way, you know, not exactly the sort of child perhaps the Gilmore was hoping to bring into the world. No, exactly. Why do these children go off the rails? Is it because they're so stupid? Is it because they're so cosseted and because they have so much when they're so young? Because uh, he, uh, just horrible. parents must be very, very wealthy. I would think, think so, yeah. I mean, what an embarrassment. I'd have to turn up in court for your son, who's... It's not just, you know, petty pilfering. This is just vile behaviour. Mm. Vile behaviour. We were saying the other day about... Um, I, was, I was talking to this guy 
uh, I won't identify, but he was saying that his 13-year-old daughter um, had... They found vodka in her locker at school. How old? 13. Ooh. 13, and also a box of matches. And so they weren't too sure what was going on. Anyway, they've taken her phone away mm. and said, you know, you are grounded for, you know, till September. It's as simple as that. And I know somebody else, because I think parents are having to fight back on these things, because once these, these kids either get hold of booze, and I'm assuming that at 13 she's drinking booze, yes. and it probably makes her look big in front of her friends, because they'll go, can you get any booze? Yeah, my parents have booze at home, I'll bring some in. So they take it in, and all of a sudden the kids, she's got booze, she's got booze. And at 13, they do drink and they do smoke, because I told you about Charlotte's birthday party, where some of the girls had brought vodka in. Yeah, they And they did. were all smoking out the back. And you think, <clears> they're 13. <throat> and I have to think back to what I was like when I was 13. And you did it. Well, I never drank until I was 18. I was quite late. And I don't think I smoked until I was 14. Oh, I was older than that when I smoked. Yeah. But I did uh, have... I remember my parents being on holiday. I think I must have been about 15, maybe 16. And I found a bottle of stone ginger wine. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Those were the days. You should do that in a whiskey. I have a whiskey drink, and I drank st- the whole bottle. <laughs> I was very, very ill. The, the other thing about... Uh, it's nice to see that uh, Charlie Gilmore turned up looking suitably, um, you know, depressed, I think, and, and trying to look as... I mean, this was it. We're not going to stand for any and using filth words, I'm afraid. He also threw a litter bin at a Jaguar carrying the Prince's protection team. And, in fact, th- this is... Uh, Dave Gilmore had to watch this film in court of his mm. son doing these things. And uh, earlier that day, he'd swung from the Union flag at the Cenotaph, a disgusting piece of work of the First Order. I mean, put it down to drink, whatever it is, it's disgusting behaviour, and it's an embarrassment for, uh, for the Gilmore family, I'm afraid. I mean, how awful, how awful to be swinging on a flag on the Cenotaph, Absolutely. you know, to our war dead. I'm afraid you don't come any lower than that. And, and uh, even Dave Gilmore sat caught with his head in his hands, as indeed you would expect. That's my son, the Yob. The kind of person you read about in the paper, and here it is. It's your own son, your own flesh and blood, who's brought shame on the family. Disgusting piece of work. What do you do with somebody like that? Well, the thing about it I'm is... Bloody is well, he, lock him up, I'm afraid. He, he's a Cambridge University student. Oh, even more embarrassing. How privileged is that, yeah. to have gone into Cambridge? He's obviously bright. They don't just pick anybody. But why do they turn out like filth? Why do no they, idea. They, you know, they desecrate the war dead. I mean, it, as far as I'm concerned, you'd get no lower than that, in my estimation. People who gave their life are scum like him. Yes, I mean, what do you do? If I was the father, I don't know, I'm not, but if I was, right, you're out of Cambridge straight away, you're grounded. That's it. You get nothing. Well, he's being nothing. allowed to uh, carry on with his exams oh, and to be sentenced later, oh, so it doesn't affect his, you know, his life. Or oh, dear, how again. nice. Didn't affect his life, but of course, do you remember that, that other guy who goes to the, the top of a building and throws a fire extinguisher off? Yeah. That yes. one as well. Another another dreadful child. It's quite strange, isn't Everybody it? Everybody goes, oh, it's it's only the kids from working class parents. The hell it is. It's not. It's these 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 little rich kids who come round spraying graffiti everywhere. Yes. Stupid little turnips. It's all about street cred, isn't it? And it's all There's no and- street cred there. It's silly little rich people thinking that they can join in and let's all pretend to be like working class, okay, yeah. Oh, it doesn't not. I'm so angry about the whole thing. Because I just think to myself, these are people who... This is my city. I live here. Mm. I work here. Don't you dare come round here and touch anything that belongs to me, I tell you. There's people cleverer than you have have built this city up to what it is, admittedly, in the early hours of the morning. It's a dump, but there you go. But it's all swept up by little street cleaners from Lithuania and Kazakhstan. Certainly nobody British sweeping the streets. No, but do you remember last Friday, after the Harry Potter um, uh, Ah. thing... We walked out there, you wouldn't even think anyone had ever no, been there. you'd never know. And the night before, there were, you know, all the way from Trafalgar Square to, literally, to this building, mm. there was carpets and, and railings and thousands yeah. and thousands of people, 
Five o'clock in the morning, nothing. Yes. All gone. Yeah. So it's, we're very, very good at all that, you know, clearing things up and, and making yeah, it but all that's neat. It, but why should, why should people have to clear up other other people? Pick up your own bloody rubbish. Put it in a bin. All I put agree. it in a bin. There are bins out there. The council put bins out for good. Oh, it does annoy me. Yeah, it's these fast food places. I would go out there and go, right... You in the fast food place, like they used to do at McDonald's, at the end of the session, they would go out on the street, McDonald's litter patrol, and pick up their rubbish, because most of their customers were stupid and used to drop it on the ground. I think you go up and down this road late at night. If you find chicken boxes and everything else, you go back to the restaurant where it came from, they're easily found, and you say, right, if you don't get this stuff cleared up every night, we're fining you a £1,000 every day. They'll soon get out there. I thought they did get fined. No, I thought, I thought they don't m- do people anything. People like McDonald's and people like that. I mean, if you put your rubbish out in Camden, yeah. and they will come along. I've and seen check. Them. They open up the bag. Yeah. If it's put out at the wrong time, they open up the bag, and they go through it with gloves and everything else, mm. and they go, that's number 14. Yeah. And they go knock on your door continuously until you open. And they go, madam, this is your rubbish. Yeah. It is not presented properly, and it's not to go out during the day. Mm. And hand it back to you. And I think you get a fine. Yeah. We have all these companies in, in Twickenham in one particular building, and they've decided they're not going to pay for a wheelie bin, so they just dump their rubbish in other people's bins. Yes, I know, I know. It's disgusting. It. It's absolutely disgusting. Uh, Noreen saw traffic cops last night. One guy hadn't got a full licence, no L-plates, tinted windows. It was his mum's car, so he reckons he should get the blame. What? I mean, you just... These, these people are out there. Uh, he's already got nine penalty points. And another clown lip up, lit up a cigarette, says Nori, in the back of the police car, told the policeman to go forth and multiply when he told him to put it out. That's what you're dealing with nowadays. Yeah. You're dealing with foul-mouthed people, and it stems from Charlie Gilmore. These are the people who sort of go out there, and all his friends in Cambridge, yeah. Wouldn't you love to put a hidden camera in Charlie Gilmore's rooms at Cambridge just to find out if he's going, yeah, you know, kind of got away with it, you know? Laughed at the police, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm an anarchist. Stupid little tart. I don't think he's uh, laughing at all. I don't think he's... Uh, his parents, not from be. the look of it, look like they're, you know, going to start controlling with an but, iron but rod. But you can say things to parents, and you can say, they did this, and the parents go, not my son. And then you present them with a film. Here is the film of yep. your yob, son. And they then they it? go, oh, crikey. He didn't deny it. Well, he couldn't, could he, really? How could he? They've him. got him on film. Yeah, this is the wonderful thing about all the... I know we've got the most CCTV cameras in, in the world. It doesn't do anything, does it? It does help a bit, though. Though, doesn't oh, it? I don't believe. But listen, I've seen people standing in full view of CCTV cameras weeing in doorways. They don't care. Nobody, it's so many drunks nowadays. I saw somebody weeing this morning, but they weren't yeah. even huddled up oh, against the wall. I saw somebody down just... by the National Gallery as we were sitting at the traffic lights, and I thought he's not examining the poster. No, no, he's going to the toilet. I mean, and you think, where's a policeman? Get him in, nick you him. You don't get them. They, what would they do? We've got a police station over the road. I know, but they don't. They're too I know busy a lot of the coppers from things. there. Oh, it's so annoying. Weather for today, clear and sunny, cloudy in the afternoon, little rain or drizzle, the high 25 degrees centigrade. Uh, currently 11 degrees, pollen forecast is moderate. Tonight, cloudy at first, then rain or drizzle spreading across London from the rest, west with rain on and off throughout the night. Tomorrow, cooler and breezier, rain becoming persistent, sometimes heavy, clearing in the afternoon. Later, a mix of sun and showers, it's 19 degrees. Sunday, it's showery. And Monday, it's light rain. And Tuesday, I can tell you, there's going to be light showers as well. So that's the... It doesn't look too promising, I'm afraid. Uh, More on the... uh uh, the seaside resort of Brighton had its first earthquake in 277 years. Hardly anybody noticed. It measured 3.9 on the Richter scale. It was in the English Channel. Struck at 7.59am. It wobbled homes and furniture across Hampshire and was felt as far away as Brighton and East Sussex. But nobody there said a blooming dicky bird, which is probably just the uh, right thing to say. Five to six is uh, the time. If you're anywhere near this fire, let us know, actually, exactly what's, uh, what's going on. So far, the firefighters have rescued 19 people 
from this fire. This is uh, via the external ladders, and there's some internal staircases uh, in the building as well. So they've got them out there. It's quite, it's quite uh, posh flats next to the Riverside Park Plaza Hotel. You can see the railway tunnel under Victoria to Vauxhall Mainline, and the fire station on the embankment is just next door. So I don't think I have to travel too far to it, which is, uh, which is good news. We've got no idea how it started. We'll hopefully find out a little bit later on. We'll have a chat to, uh, to Declan uh, once we get hold of him and, uh, and find out the latest for you. The Guardian have apologised to the Sun this morning for saying that the, uh, the Sun uh, hacked into the medical records of Gordon Brown's sick son. So the Guardian have said sorry. And Fred and Rose West's house, this is the first house, not the second one, which they had, has been turned into a brothel used by East European women traffickers and uh, a gang that forced dozens of trafficked women to become sex slaves at this, uh, they say, this notorious Gloucester house, but this one wasn't notorious. It was the second house that most of the murders were committed. they've, They've raised that to the ground. This one, I think there was only one murder here, I think... Might have been one of their daughters mm. they buried in the kitchen. It might have been. I'm not too sure about that. But uh, it's their old home. So and now a, a brothel. Do you know, it's everywhere a brothel. A friend of mine lives in Marylebone, two doors away, two East European women set up as a brothel. <laughs> and the first he knew of it was when men started knocking on the door going, are the ladies free today? <laughs> and he's going, sorry? They're going, uh, ladies? And I it turns it. out that these mm. two old brasses are operating a brothel. Two doors in a residential street. Mm. Check your houses, ladies and gentlemen. Any more than two women operating, it's a brothel. Okay, just in case you think they're just being nice. Hello, <coughs> hello, brothel. <laughs> I did have a Start friend panicking. actually rented his flat right in the middle of central London and found out that it was two people operating it as a brothel yeah. when the neighbours started complaining about strange knockings on the door late at night. And it was continuous. It was a continuous stream of men. Yeah. And apparently, up to any one time between midnight and six a.m., there were eight girls in there. Occupying all the yes. rooms, and yeah. just one, you know, one after the other. Okay, Waterloo to Vauxhall line, not Victoria. Did I say Victoria? You did. Did I? Oh, mm. it's Vauxhall. God, blum! I'm so sorry, Hugh. Fancy me making a mistake. Arsenal Football Club kick off the season with the em- Morning, everybody. We're from Declan Harvey, our reporter down there at the uh, Lambeth Fire in this part of the programme. As the sun comes up over Leicester Square, it's going to be a nice day, but it rains a little bit later on. Don't worry too much about it. Uh, we were also looking for the answer for Charlie Gilmore... This nasty little thug. And, and I, I try and treat it lightly, but in fact, the damage that he caused, not mm. only to his family and everything else, and he's not the only one, there are other people out there. Uh, Richard Wapping says these people have no respect for anything and lack discipline. The remedy, three months basic army training with a nice kind corporal to help them get up in the morning. Do you know, it's, it's a lovely idea, and that used to be the answer, didn't it? You know, if you had the short, sharp shock treatment, it might knock some sense into you. Um, unfortunately, service. Yeah, but I've back. seen programmes on the television where they take ghastly children, and I think it's called the world's strictest parents, and these children have no respect for anybody. But that's they, the parents' fault. Well, it is, the, it is generally the parents are a bit stupid. Your mother slapped your legs, didn't she, if you were a naughty boy? Um, or was that some, somebody else <laughs> later in life? I can't remember, actually. <laughs> I don't... Th- no, I mean, I, to be honest, I don't think actually hitting children is a thing. But, no. but you bring children up to be polite and to respect things. We were always taught, and I remember on numerous occasions, you know, my mother would say, if I said something, she said, your father works very hard to bring money into this house. Mm. And it isn't till you leave home... Who was I talking to about it? I was talking to somebody about leaving home, and they said, whatever you do, stay at home as long as possible... Kirsty Allsop, because when you leave home, you've got to buy everything. So you move into your flat with a couple of mates, and then you suddenly realise, uh, right, I'll do some washing up. Oh, we haven't got any washing up liquid. 
You have to go and buy that. You have to buy bleach. You have to buy toilet paper. You have to buy everything that your parents provide. The idea is stay with your parents until they die, OK? That way, it's that you get everything paid for you. And my mother and father used to instil in me that they worked hard for it, so we never took anything for granted. We didn't think we didn't have any less than anybody else. But We weren't poor. But why should you stay with your parents and assume that they will keep you for the rest of your life? There has to come a time. You did it. I did it. Mm. I'm sure Amanda, Amanda did it. We know that. Um, her father kicked her out completely, I remember <laughs> reading about it in the paper. But you have to learn for yourself and to, to start making a life for yourself. I mean, lots of people live with their parents until mm. they're quite elderly and their parents die. Yeah. And they either, if they own the house, they carry it on. If you, you live in a council house, you don't have an automatic right to stay in that house unless you are, are a contributor to the rent. It's quite mm. a funny little thing. But why should your parents go out and do all that for well, you? Well, it was interesting. The only thing I heard Richard Maidley saying the other day that I, I agreed with was when he said, you know, my, my children can't afford to buy their own property. He said, we've offered to help them with the deposit. Which now, nice. that's what my parents did for me. Mm, and I, I said to Kirsty that my parents, because they said, and I didn't know, that they'd done it for my brother. Mm. And so they said, we did it for, for your brother, we'll do it for you. So they paid the deposit on, on my first property, and they paid the legal fees. Which is very kind. Which is them. actually very kind, because that then got me on to the... I mean, there's been a couple of moments, you know, way back in the mists of time, where I thought, I can't afford to pay the mortgage. Oh, I've been there. At one point, there was two of us paying it, and then the other person moved out, and I remember thinking, oh, God, I've now inherited a whole mortgage. Mm. And to live in London, as anybody will tell you, over the years has got more and more and more expensive. It's quite normal for, as you say, flats to rent out for a 1000 a month. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. But, but there's pointless renting absolutely pointless for the simple reason that you don't end up with anything and that was the reason that my parents said to me we will give you the money yes. they had it they worked for it like anybody else they were working class people and uh, and mine were the same and when i needed to save up a deposit to buy my house which was i had to knock them down because i couldn't get a mortgage for that price yeah um I, I took a second job. I went out in the evenings when I wanted to go on a school trip. Yeah. My mum and dad didn't have very much money. I remember my dad taking an evening job just just for three or four months to pay for a school trip. But nowadays, I mean, it doesn't matter how wealthy you are. Yeah. Kids, it's very difficult to get on that ladder yes. when they want 20 and 40% deposits yes, yes, on yes. properties worth 250000 yes. Would you get £70,000 to Oh, put I remember down? a friend of mine who worked for... Ch still works for Children's BBC, and he, he bought a property, and it was half a million pounds. And I remember oh. thinking, half a million pounds. And that's, and that's considered quite, quite normal, isn't it? Half a million pounds. But where do you start? Well, I don't know. What kind of money do you have to be earning? Who knows? We'll find out probably very shortly. 84850, steve at Let's bring yourselves up to date with that uh, fire down in uh, Lambeth, which started about 2.53 this morning. Matthew Burrows is the station manager at Lambeth Fire Station. Matthew, good morning. Good morning, there. So, I mean, where are we up to at the moment? The fire's under control, is it? Yeah, the fire's now out, and we've got crews still on scene uh, carrying out salvage work basically just uh, clearing all the smoke and dealing with any damage within the area and making the area safe. We've also got our investigation units on site carrying out an investigation into the cause and spread over. Right. How long will that... That'll take quite some time, won't it? Yeah, I suspect that our investigation units are going to be on site for most of today and probably into tomorrow as well. Um, the salvage work itself, it would be difficult to say at this time. Um, but I suspect, again, they're going to be here all day. Am I right in saying, Matthew, you're, you're next door to the flats? The fire station itself, yeah, is pretty much um, about 200 metres down the road from the fire station. Right. i tell you what we'll do. That, so, at the moment, I mean, how, how many people have been rescued? Was it 19? Yeah, we've rescued approximately nine fire ladders externally, 
and another ten's being rescued by our BA crews internally. Right, and when do you think people will be allowed back into the flats? Well, we're starting to already let people get access to their flats that haven't been affected to get, collect personal belongings and such. Once we've carried out a full survey of the site to make sure it's safe, then we'll hopefully be, by midday, be allowed to uh, let people back into their flats. Excellent. Matthew, thank you for that very much indeed. That's Matthew That's Burrows, the station manager at Lambeth Fire Station. Our reporter, Declan Harvey, is down there as well. Morning, Declan. Good morning, Steve. So, I mean, how, how does the situation look to you? Matthew said it's under control at the moment. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. But I think what, what you've got to consider here is that this um, this relatively new build is down, uh, kind of set back from the, the river by a block or two, down quite narrow streets. So access has been an issue here. When you try and get uh, uh, 75 firefighters, that certainly it can, can be a, a logistical issue. Um, but all in all, I think this has been uh, pretty successful um, in terms of having the fire under control at this early stage but also managing to get so many people out and it, it, it really isn't very often that we hear in terms of tower block fires that um, the fire brigade are having to give uh, kind of fire safety advice to some of the residents of the block. They were upstairs in some of the higher apartments and their um, access down to the road was blocked so they were trying to be kept calm by members of London's fire brigade on the phone who were both uh, telling them what to do but also finding out exactly where they are so that as uh, some of the, the, the rising platforms and extendable ladders from outside could pinpoint them and, uh, and bring them down to safety. I, I was speaking earlier to uh, one of the residents who was uh, lifted out. Um, he said this guy was a you know, fully grown man. He said that he was lifted out of his window by two burly firemen put onto a platform and brought, brought down. And he said that as exciting as it was, it was certainly frightening. Absolutely. Declan, thank you for that. We'll catch up with you a little bit later on. Our reporter, sure. Declan Harvey, down at Lambeth at the moment. So... The, uh, the fire brigade will then have to go back into the building, make sure it's safe. They've allowed people back in now to try and pick up uh, possessions, and then they'll go through the, uh, the process of trying to find out how the fire started. But just at the moment, it's contained. It's contained. So that's, uh, that's the good news, luckily, on the scene very quickly. 17 minutes past six. News headlines this morning. It's Holly Ford. 19 people have been rescued from a fire as a... T- Latest situation, the firefighters have rescued 19 people from the Lambeth fire. Actually, I was trying to find out earlier on just how many flats there are in this block. I'm assuming quite quite a few, and obviously not that many flats were occupied. But uh, they're, they're, they're quite new, posh flats. Sharon was there earlier. Morning, Sharon. Good morning. Where, 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 do you live near it or not? Yeah, I live opposite. I live in uh, block number three. Right. And yeah. so, I mean, could, could you see the fire from where you are? Yeah, well, we was woken up with uh, the screaming this morning. That was about after two. That was about half two. And uh, when I nosily went downstairs and went outside, you could see the blazing. I think it was um, above where they used to have the viewing apartment. Right. You could see the fire and the fire brigade and everyone were there. And most of the residents who was um, coming out down the ladders, you could see them as well. Wow. So it's, it's, it's like an unfolding scenario for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it was, in fact. A little bit scary. So it, it was above the show flat, was it? Yeah, it looks like it was above the show flat. And normally, because the fire station is just opposite um, my, my block of flats on the opposite side, you normally hear the siren, so you take no notice until we heard the screams and everyone started to come out. Right. So, I mean, in, in terms of, of the fire, I mean, luckily it's been contained. If it spread, though, it wouldn't, it wouldn't spread as far as you, would it? No, it wouldn't, because uh, there is a little Salamanca place. It's, uh, the road goes through and it goes round onto Salamanca Street, which is in front of the River Plaza Hotel. Right. The only thing uh, is where the new block has been built, it's where the, the train station runs at the side of the building. Right. And how, how many flats do you think are in the block, Sharon? 
Um, I'm not sure. I think it's about um, over 20 floors. Oh, wow. So yeah. there's, there's obviously quite... But obviously only 19 people, so they haven't obviously sold them all yet, have no, they? No, no. It's still, it's still fairly new, and most of the um, apartments are not occupied as yet, so, yeah, luckily. Right. Oh, well, thanks for that, Sharon, for okay. bringing us up to speed. Well done. OK, do you take care? Thanks a lot for that. There's Sharon in Kensington. So she, uh, she's sort of, she's quite, she can see it all unfolding. Mm, yes, yeah, amazing. I think that must be quite frightening, because the worst thing about flats is, I mean, luckily <laughs> they weren't all occupied, as she said. The, uh, the police, the fire and the police will go in there now and just make sure that all the floors are, are empty and it's mm. secure. Can't to, be much fun, to look out your window and see flames coming out of the building that's obviously very, oh, very close. I've seen it before. I've seen quite on the television programmes. It is quite scary, actually. <clears throat> Ray in Dublin... How are you? As, uh, just... <laughs> no, 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 Steve. <laughs> do, do, do they not... No, they, you have to go over the border to go, how are you? Oh, right. Do you go, how are you? No, you go, top of the morning. Top of the top morning, of the morning. Top of the morning, Ray. Actually, we have quite a number of, uh... I don't think your Irish accents at all good. Mine was excellent. <laughs> no, yours is from Northern do, Ireland. Do, do your Irish accent again. Top of the morning. Well, I don't think that's very good at all, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, rather not feeble. Bad. Well, it's not very good. <clears throat> but it's not from Northern Ireland. You're doing a, a Christine Bleakley accent. How are you? That's from Northern well, yeah, Ireland. Yeah, but Ray, Ray might, he might be in Dublin, might come from Northern Ireland. He might well do. He <laughs> might come from Lithuania. Which would be completely well, different. I think you've the situation together. now. It doesn't matter, because he signed up and subscribed to the podcast. He's looking forward to listening to some of the old shows, particularly with Alan Dodgen. Oh. He doesn't want to hear you or me, anyway. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But no, no, just remember, Dodgen. and I've, I've said this before, that they only keep the podcast for three years. So the idea is go back as far as you can and start downloading the podcast because as time goes on, they start deleting to add new ones. Mm. So as the new ones go up, the other ones fall off the other end because we don't have the uh, the space because there are thousands of them. So at my, I'd say we're going back three years. So what are we saying? 2009. 2009. No, no. No, 2008. So you go back as far as you can. And, uh, and download them all. You keep them forever, but at least you've actually got them. Mm. So, well done for saying It's ever so cheap, from £2 a month. Oh, it's marvellous. I do. I mean, you can... It's it's really good. I've never heard one of my programmes. <laughs> you don't, don't know, want to. I don't know why. <laughs> Let me actually, assure no, you. you're right, actually. I don't, don't really want to hear one of my programmes <laughs> at all. Uh, Steve, why don't you present the first hour of your show with Amanda, says Ian on the M25, otherwise known as the world's biggest car park. <laughs> uh, he says, you could be the Adrian and Christine of the airwaves. Yeah, <laughs> she could sit there and go, how are you? And I could go, oh, well, here we go. we've got another very interesting thing here now. There's a fire in Lambeth just taken place. Can't believe it. not bad. That. I know, it's not bad, you actually. You could be on that side, Chinese, that was. That was my Chinese impression. <laughs> Lynn says, just for a moment, I thought I was five again and cuddling Teddy and listening with Mother on the wireless. I was telling the story of Mr Popper's penguins. Oh, I tell you, he's a ghastly TV presenter. Jeff Brazier on Channel 5. I mean, he looks like some over-made-up little Muppet or something. They've put him in these odd clothes. He looks most peculiar. Is it a children's show? No, it's an adult... Well, I say it's a children's show. It's a bit mm. difficult to tell. You do have two children's presenters on it. Uh, Bernie and Wood Green says, talking of charity representatives, every time I try and walk down Wood Green High Road, I'm constantly approached by people with clipboards. I try to avoid them, but like sniffer dogs, they always make a beeline for you. And at the supermarket, there's always somebody shaking a bucket. I don't give to anybody shaking buckets now. I've discovered there's so many bent people out there who buy these buckets online and stand there with a thing that they've had made up on the internet Mm. and going, you give to the tsunami or something. You've got to be very careful who you give to. 
Very careful. And they stand outside. We had one outside Iceland, and then he popped up in Kingston. I thought, how do you know who he is? The answer is you don't. They could just take that money and go home. Well, that's what many of them do. Or probably as they're in the supermarket, all those coins, they just go to that machine. And empty them in. And then cash it up and say, oh, well, this is for the charity. There's people collecting. When we have the rugby in Twickenham, (laughs) there's no end of girls who turn up rattling. You've got no idea who they are, but rugby fans, who are three sheets to the wind most of the time, just hand over money. Yeah. It's like the girls who come around selling the roses for charity. It's for themselves. They come from Portsmouth. They come in a, f- in a, in a, in a minibus with baskets of these roses, selling them for one or two pounds each. They get the money. It doesn't go to charity. Whereas, your idea yesterday, if everybody in London giving a pound... Over a bit. Sorry, I'm just explaining. <laughs> little is it revealing. too much for you first thing well, in the she's, morning, Well, she's it? looking a little bit like she's about to work in a burlesque bar. No. Yeah. no, no I, I, I think mean, she looks amazing. There's a slightly Indian thing going on with the with the gold belt and the bright blue trousers, and then you've got the beige cardigan. Really? Is that beige? I thought it was a car crash. No, caramel. Caramel. It's orange. It's not orange. It, it, no, it's caramel. You're colourblind. Caramel. It's, it's caramel. Burnt orange. orange. I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, Steve, I do not give to chuggers. As they start to approach me, I cut them short with, I don't care. But they can be quite aggressive. It's like the, the people who try and clean your windscreen at the lights. Oh, I shoot them. I have no, I have no truck with anybody coming up. You know, they, they stand there, they open their mouth to reveal two gold teeth. They're generally holding a baby, <laughs> a and they, which they roses. sort of shove at you. I've got loads of them now. I've got enough for an orphanage at home. <laughs> yeah, baby, they're always the women who've got babies. Mm. And they do a little love heart on you. Not on my car. I've been known to open the car door. <laughs> yes. I've been known to open the car door. Touch my car, I kill you. I did okay? tell a taxi driver about you the other night yeah, when right. I was coming home uh, quite late at night and he was, uh, he was talking about you. And I said, oh, he's such you a nice person. You mustn't talk to people about <laughs> And he said, I wouldn't like to be on the wrong side of him. I said, no, I've seen him in Chiswick High Street at 11 o'clock at night. Oh, I was terrible. Oh, you were shocking that night. Well, I was. I, I don't agree with illegal cab drivers. No, but you were... Language, Timothy. Language. Yes. Yeah. The Wrath of Steve Allen. Yes. Michael Caine said the same thing. He said, I listened to that uh, that uh, bloke in the morning. He said, I wouldn't like to get on the wrong side of him. No, glad I he's thought, my no, friend. you wouldn't. Yes, I'm glad. I'm, you're very lucky I'm your friend, actually, Michael. Very lucky. Uh, Steve, the British Fire Brigade have to be the best in the world. All fire brigades are the best in the world. If they save your house, they're the best people in the world. Yes. And doctors and anything like that. I thought the other day, actually, I said to somebody, I wouldn't mind being a doctor. You're a doctor? Not in that shirt. <laughs> what do you mean, not in this shirt? Because it would clash with the white, the white <laughs> coat. I've, I've seen people working in A&E, I tell you, it doesn't look like being fun. But oh, I, I'd, no. I'd, be, I'd be like a country doctor. I would be working in a little village, seeing all the local... Hello, missus. Wearing tweed. Wearing tweed, exactly. And I'd probably have a bicycle. And everybody would say as you went past, oh, there goes the That's doctor. the doctor. That's the That's doctor. That's the doctor. Doctor, would, would you like to come in for a cup of tea? No, not today, thank We've you. Got fresh scones in the, in the fresh, argo. But you know, I shall be round. I shall be round for fresh scones. Oh, and while I'm here, my Aunt Minnie's with us at the moment, and she's got a little bit of a problem with her foot. I had an Aunt Minnie. But did don't you? Go there. I did actually. Oh, yeah, Auntie dear. Minnie. Don't worry. Very Aunt Minnie. It's a very old-fashioned name, actually. It is very yeah. old-fashioned. She was you know, very old. Well, she'd have to be. She's my, my, the, the sister of my great-grandmother. She was that old. Too much information going on here now. She's lovely. Lost my the will Auntie to Minnie. live on that one, I'm afraid. Uh, the Daily Mail this morning. Who is the man in, or woman in Britain who banked 161 million? They've not banked it yet. They have not banked have it. Have they claimed it, though? Yes. They've, they've actually claimed they've it? They've come forward. I went on the internet yesterday because I, I was having quite a good day until a friend of mine phoned me and said, oh, you'd be pleased to know somebody's stepped forward with the money. I said, it's not possible. I haven't opened my en- <laughs> email. And I opened it and I had £3.90. That's a pound more than I got £2.90. I wasn't at all happy. I wrote nothing. to Camelot immediately, <laughs> saying, excuse me, <laughs> I think you'll on? find I bought more than a couple of tickets and I'm expecting at least a better return than How the one you've you offered. Buy? 
Sorry? How many? Well, I don't know, because I buy them over weeks. I, I buy eight weeks oh, at a time. Oh, you do in advance? Yes. So why do they give out these huge prizes? Well, I'm single-handedly funding it. They've <laughs> got my money, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, someone else has got it now. <laughs> Somebody from Scunthorpe or Brighton or... But the answer is, if, if it is you, you keep it quiet. Do not go public. Your no. life will be made a misery. If, if at the moment you are living in, uh, in a, a mobile home in Penrith... And you're thinking maybe, what do I do with 161 million? The answer is, I have no idea either. It's too much money to even comprehend. Imagine. It's, it's just huge. It's too much money. Well, it's not too, it's never have too much. Well, it's a responsibility. It's like, it, it's like being good looking. You can never, as I've said to myself every morning in the mirror, be too good looking, Stephen. It's not possible. You know, and I'm lucky, and that's why people look with me in envy. But if you're not used to that kind of money. I am used to that kind of money. Well, I know you've got in my dreams, I have spent this kind of money. I've enjoyed and given to charity because I would be a very, very charitable person. But not person. to chuggers. Wouldn't give to chuggers. You'd if, give direct no, to the charity. I give direct to charity. And I'd want to oversee my investment. I'd want to go to Africa and watch that orphanage yes. be built and see the teachers teaching. Yes, the I can remember a certain charity that sort of was helping people in faraway countries, and Channel Four exposed them on the television. But they're so big, this charity, they threatened legal action and everything mm. else. But when they actually went there to find out what happened to people's money, it yes. turns out that you know it, it wasn't going through as they thought it was. Because unfortunately, nowadays, ladies and gentlemen. Charity is biz, uh, big business. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Friday morning. It's nice to have your company. Hope you're well. And uh, the time now is 6.30. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to uh, 7 is the time. Sid says Charlie Gilmore is an adopted son of Dave Gilmore, not his... Fr- I don't care. It's still his son. He is adopted. He's adopted mm. that boy. It's his son. Okay? no excuse for the There's violence. No excuse for violence, no, I'm afraid. Not at you all. think adoption is an excuse for violence? There's a new film about George Harrison coming out. Oh, right. Um, about? Which well, it's, it's everything. It's got interviews with... Because there was talk a short while ago of the Beatles opening the Olympic Games. Well, there's only two of them left. And Ringo Starr's not that exciting. No, I think We've only got Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney's going to open the Olympic he is, Games. Yeah, he's one of the, one oh, of the performers. Yeah. Dull. That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So dull. I mean, you know, much as I love Paul McCartney and everything, yeah, I just think it's a treasure. Can't should be buried. Yeah, it should be buried exactly. <laughs> he was unearthed somewhere. No, I mean, I, I like the idea that Paul McCartney's still going, but can't we find somebody else? Yes, who else could to be? represent the spirit of of you know? Yeah, who would you think? should represent us at mm. the Olympic Games. Let, let me know, there. actually, because you've always got a better idea out there than I have. Sometimes you throw things into the, uh, into the equation. Now, you think, Leona Lewis, remember, she came out the bus, didn't she? Do you remember that at the end of Beijing? Came out the bus? She came out of a bus. Oh, out of a bus? Not the bus. I don't know. Sorry, I've got it on the brain ever since I've seen her next door. <laughs> the burlesque With no clothes dancer. on. She really used to cover up. Don't more you remember she came out of the bus? She put emotion, I think, to the company. They didn't get people to cover up now. <laughs> Dick's <laughs> like being on the beach. It really is ridiculous. She's still got a cardio on, though. Well, yeah, well, that's the only saving grace, to be honest with you. My <laughs> grandmother would say you catch your death of cold in that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think she looks lovely, actually. But anyway, <laughs> going back to Leona Lewis, she came out the bus. Don't you remember? In that dress that extended down and the, the equipment was underneath the dress, she went up in a lift with her and she sang with somebody very famous. Can't think who now. I don't know who it was. I think it was a, a rock star. Yeah. Well, who are we going to have? Come on, for the Olympic Games. If, if, if you know, or we might have Paul McCartney, might not have Paul McCartney, either way. Who would you want to see there, apart from me? Thank you, of course. I, 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 I could rise like a phoenix out of, you know, with all this sort of... I, I could wear this fantastic floaty-floaty outfit, a bit like Priscilla, mm. where he's standing on the bus and all this silk is going yeah, out. But I could do that hair. with with high hair. I could I could sort of tease what little hair I've got into some sort of beehive. I think we should have the gymnasts who won Britain's Got Talent. 
whose name escapes me. But Spellbound. Spellbound, yes. yes. Or Diversity. Or Diversity. We could have those as yeah. well. I, I like the idea of lots of people sort of throwing themselves around because yeah. I could join in as well. I could sort of do a bit of my high kicks and, you know, shim up a pole and then spin round holding onto a rope with my teeth or something. And I'm delighted to see that we are going to be using the river a lot in transportation in part of the opening ceremony, oh, which we said originally, oh, we should use our beautiful oh, river. Dull. What's dull about the river? The river, oh, God. The river with, with Telling me next the beef feet are going to turn up and a policeman in a uniform. Yeah, Henry VIII and all sorts We've got policemen through the ages. No, we won't. <laughs> I bet <laughs> we will. Sir Robert Peel to the present day. <laughs> yes. I think we prefer Peel's policemen, don't yeah. we? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not really fussed either way. I, I should be. You should be. But I'm not. I'm very disappointed I didn't get any tickets. Twice I tried. I'm going to watch it on the television, if anything. I know, but it would be nice to just experience it. I mean, I know we'll be able to go there afterwards, won't we, and and have a look around. You wouldn't want to go. Aren't you intrigued, even just an incy wincy bit? No, not even incy wincy. To see what's going on in the city you love so much. Well, it's not in the city I love, is it? But that time, Bob Crow will have brought out the entire RMT. They'll all be on strike, and we'll all have to sort of go in crocodile holding hands to the stadium. You're supposed to be optimistic. I'm being optimistic. The only thing I hope is that Tom Daly wins. That's all I hope. Tom Daly wins, and that way the country will. he, He he will take us out of anything at all. We'll all be going well done, Tom, and he'll do it. You know, for his, for, his, for his dad and, and for, for us and for yeah. himself because he's clever and everybody likes him. But we'd like some of the other British people. I don't know any of the other British of, people. We'll, sh- we'll do. Well, who are they? Who year. are they? No, don't ask me because I'm hopeless. Rowing. We're very good at rowing. Yes. We're very good at uh, the show jumping. But I see, I don't see that as an Olympian sport. Well, they've got football this year. Tom Daly did admit the other day that he does get terrified climbing up to the high board. I thought, I get terrified just watching. Because I, I would stand up there, and I would love to be able to dive into that water, but I've just got this horrible feeling, just as I launch myself, and I, I wouldn't be able to, somebody would pull the plug out and go... <laughs> and there'd be nothing there, and I'd go straight into the concrete. Because I couldn't die for love nor money. I mean, I couldn't... I know that with the Victorian outfit that I got for swimming, as I hit the water, the outfit would come off. You know, and people would cheer and everything else. So you know, you wear one of those all-in-one numbers with the stripes. Well, I, that's like the one I've got. Audience. I have got to wheel that. you down to well, the she beach. was wearing it this morning, but anyway. Yeah. And, uh, but it, you climb up these diving boards, and it's, it's very high up there. Oh, extremely high. I wouldn't like it And then, you, And as you're going down, you manage to find the effort to twist your body and do little shape. I mean, me, the only shape I'd be doing is belly flop. And it would be not attractive. Um, so with rumours that the Beatles are to reform for the Olympic opening ceremony, we want to know who you think should represent us. 84850... LBC 973. 84850 LBC 973. They've just sold as well the lost Jane Austen novel. Never published because of family tragedy. Nearly a million pounds it went for. Yeah, just under. It's, it's, it's a short story, isn't it, about the Watsons? And then what, apparently the reason she didn't finish it mm. is because the story resembled so much mm. her own story. Her father died and he was a, a similar character to the person in the book. But mm. it's interesting, in, the, in one of the papers today, other... Mm. Uh, papers that have gone under the hammer. Um, Bob Dylan's uh, folk classic, The Times They Are Changing, fetched £267,000 in New York Dreary last Bob year. Dylan. Oh, Charles boring. Dickens, um, in one of his uh, A Christmas Carol, signed by him, written in 1844, uh, and it was a gift to his uh, friend William McCready, sold for £181,000. Mm. So, in fact, she did rather well, Jane, didn't yes. she? The Queen should open the games officially, says Martin Lewis. Jedward, Steve. There's a bit of a thing going on with Jedward at the moment. They both want to work with Louis Walsh, Jedward and somebody else, to be mentors. And somebody said it'd be better if JLS do it, because they're more experienced in musical terms, but Jedward are just a bit silly. The only thing that worries me about Jedward is the fact that they are 
18-year-old boys with the mental age of a five-year-old. And that's the trouble. We're, we're, we're sort of laughing at them because they're a bit silly. And the very idea that they're ever going to get girlfriends is even sillier, I'm afraid. And isn't uh, it the British Olympics? Yes, exactly. They're Irish. Well, that's why, I know. Well, it's Pat in Norwood says Jedward, followed by Chico. Oh, so it's the British. Yes. It's, it's British. We want somebody British, please. Yeah, Joanna Lumley. What? Someone. Well, she's British. Joanna Lumley. <laughs> yes. Are you mad? She'll be a wonderful, Lord. wonderful Tom Jones person. could open the games or failing that Cliff Richard. Cliff Richard? Oh, Good Lord. I mean, what are we doing? Wheeling them all out of homes or something? Let's have a Dell. Cliff Richard will be, you know, terribly old by that time. Ray in Dublin says, um, I'm looking forward to downloading your old shows with John Warrington. Well, no, they, they are old with John Warrington <laughs> on, I'm afraid. He says, I'm from Dublin, so different accent to Christine. How are you? <laughs> but I do love your Christine Bleakley accent. Top he's of the a, morning. He's a, more, more Chinese Amanda, please. Don't push your luck, mate. <laughs> uh, in Beijing, she was singing while Jimmy Page, the guitarist from Led Zeppelin, played, yeah, says Colin. Thank you very much indeed for that. OK, 84850, steve at Martin and Constance from Enfield sent me a, a little badge. They go to St Albans and uh, they went to the cathedral. And uh, it's from a shrine to St Alban. I hope it's lucky. It's a shame we didn't give it to me before we bought the lottery tickets because at the, uh, at the moment we're still trying to find out who it is who has won the 161 million. Christine uh, Bleakley. Not, sorry, not Christine Bleakley. Christine. can't remember which one it is now. The one who did Uptown Girl. Uptown Girl. Christine. Oh, oh, the one you were talking about her yesterday. She's yes. She's about to go into. She looks. She's going something. into. Yeah, Chicago. She's going into. Yeah, Chicago. She is the. She's a model. And she went out with it Billy is, Joel. It is. It is Christy Brinkley. Brinkley. Thank you very much indeed. So, um, she's here and uh, her dress blew up. She was doing a Marilyn Monroe thing. Uh, also. Fighting for an Emmy Award, Dames Maggie and Eileen Atkins. Maggie Smith is now 76 and Eileen Atkins is 77. We do love... For some reason, Maggie Smith is seen as a, as a national treasure in this country. People absolutely love her. I love her. Britain's biggest lottery winner uh, has been paid out, Camelot have confirmed. They said that the payment of 161653000 had been made after the winner had come forward and the ticket had been validated. So Amazing. now you know. But they're not saying... If it's uh, a syndicate or a single person, I suspect it's a single person. And this is the biggest one. The last one was 128 million, uh, souped in, uh, sort of got in Italy's Super Entolotto in 2009. So we've done very, very well, actually. Very, very well. But didn't the um, people from Northern Ireland win as well? They won an enormous 113 sum. million. So she was way down the list in terms of how much <laughs> money this is. But this, this is the biggest amount yes, singly ever. won by somebody. Yeah, TV's brightest, but Virginia Blackburn says they know nothing. These are the, uh, the silly people in The Apprentice. You've never met people so thick in your entire life. How they ever made it to adulthood defies description, I'm afraid. And can you be a lady and a ladette? And uh, unfortunately, it's uh, dreary old. Um, uh, what's her name? Nancy Delusional. <laughs> and she's in the paper again today. It's, so she's boring. very worrying, actually, Nancy Delusional. She doesn't actually do anything apart from just sort of, just waste everybody's... I know, what an outfit. What a joke. What is she wearing? Poor old soul. Take a look in the mirror, Nancy. OK? We're all having a laugh at what you're wearing, dear, but there again, you know, straight down. Uh, Subo to open the games. No, she's Scottish. Well, no, that's okay. No, we don't. She's barmy. She's barmy. She'll come out and start dancing with a broom again or something. Like a have? scene from The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Pierce Morgan and Sue. Su- su- uh, what's her name? Susan Boyle doing a little duet. Oh, God. They're both no. British. Have you noticed, though? I was quite right about Susan. You know, I'm never wrong. It's almost uncanny. I said what they do with Susan Boyle is record as much stuff as possible so they can release another album 
and they've got enough stuff. She's had two albums, they've got enough material to do another one, and she doesn't need to do an appearance or anything at all. Just not risking anything with her. Take that, she'd open the Olympics, said Claire. Mm-hmm. Yes. Caroline in Bromley. I was born in Bromley, actually. Sherry Hewson could open the Olympics, says Brian, but she'd probably fall down the stairs. That would be funny, actually. That would be very funny. Uh, Maria, thank you. Phil in Croydon says you and Nick should open the Olympics. I don't think that would work too well. Jim says the mast bands of the Royal Marines. You're probably going to get mast bands anyway, because that's what we do. Although, if you saw my blog, was it last week we put that link on, of these, uh, of this marching band in, we think it's Finland or Norway. Oh, my goodness me. If anything brings a tear to the eye and makes you feel fantastic, you've got to go. So check out one of my blogs, and it's got a link on for this marching band who are sensational. And if you really want to, you know, feel good today, go onto the internet, onto YouTube... And type in, I think there's uh, one of these flash dance things in Rome, and type in the T-Mobile advert. It'll, it just makes you feel absolutely wonderful. It really does. Bruce Forsyth could open the Olympic Games, Steve. Uh, Alan Sy say, Bucks Fizz. Bucks Fizz. <laughs> Although Cheryl oh. was very good on uh, Pop Stars to Opera. Style. Yes, very good. I, I don't think won. Bucks Fizz to open the Olympics. No. You know, it's very sweet. I about- Adele. Sorry? Adele. Adele who? The singer Adele. We don't want her. Who's mm. she? She's British for a start. She's only been well, I don't number even one in America her. for well, about I've the last ten weeks. Well, I've never heard of her. I've never heard of her. She's our biggest export at Paddy, the moment. Well, she can stay there, then. Paddy in Manchester, how about Peter Andre? Oh, Lord, if he turns up. Or, or Chantel. Yes, we're looking for somebody British. Looking for somebody... And also, somebody who can do something. Pete, Pete can't just stand there and... You know, it's going to be a bit dreary, isn't it? Quarter to seven. <laughs> With the news headlines, Holly Ford. 19 people have been rescued from a t- fire at a tower block. Well, yeah, so I was watching this programme the other night, and it's called yes. Dinner Dates. And the idea is that they, they bring on a person, and uh, they show him or her five menus. And out of the five menus, you pick three mm. based on the fact that you think the person who's come up with it might be interesting. And, and I watched it the other day, and they had a gay version. Well, to be honest with you, it was so lame, it was embarrassing. They were all as boring as heck. They had these dinner menus. I mean, their desserts were pathetically stupid. And the conversation was non-existent. I've never met four gay people who were so boring, I nearly fell asleep. And were they all trying to get a date with each other? Well, no, what what they have to do is that they have the one person. So, for example, it'll be, you know, person A, and he picks three menus, and then these people cook this food. I mean, one of them, it was a bit of a stretch for him to actually put salmon in the oven. (laughs) You can imagine what it was like. And and then he eats them, and then he decides which one he's going to go on a date with. And there's a knock on their front door, and they open the door, and if there's a trolley with a meal for one, they've been rejected. Mm. And then he picks... Their conversation revolved around... So I actually go go to the gym. Oh, please. And uh, the, the other one said, oh, oh I actually go, go to the gym as well, because it's 15 minutes down the road. Well, at that point, I was prepared to slash my wrists, <laughs> because I'd almost lost the will to live with how boring these people are. It's like whenever they do location, 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 and they do the gay version, they will find two of the most boring gay people <laughs> ever to appear on... Because they're the only ones, because anybody else is going, appear on television, unless you're very stupid, not. You wouldn't. I went out on a oh, fabulous date the other night, and I didn't have to have dinner. Well, we did have dinner. We went to Pizza Express, and I went with my friend Justine. And I really recommend this to anyone, especially now the summer holidays are coming Dough up. balls. If you've got children... No, 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 no I'm not recommending <laughs> I food. you're recommending food. And I didn't. I had a, a salad missoise, if you don't mind, because I'm uh-huh. on a no-meat week this week. Oh, I haven't eaten meat all week. Oh, really good. God. Anyway, I went to the Globe Theatre. Oh, How right. British can you Fantastic. get? Yeah. William Shakespeare, Sam Wanamaker's creation. And I saw Anne Boleyn, the play. It's a play. It's not got a happy ending, has it? 
No, well, it didn't matter in this particular one because it was written by Off Howard Benson. Yeah. And it, she it, dies. <laughs> I don't want to ruin did, it for people. But it's know. okay because she dies in the beginning in this one. We know she's dead. She she's dies a ghost. in the beginning. Yeah, she's a ghost. Ah. And it's it's done in through the eyes of James I of Scotland, who took over when Anne Boleyn's mother died. Mm. He came down from Scotland. From Scotland, like we were talking this morning. Scotland. Scotland. Do you like that? No, you don't. No, no. Anyway, I recommend this. Um, and for people, you know, often the performers are so good. No microphones. No, I know. They didn't. No I know. No lighting. The heavens are open. If it pours with rain, you just get wet. I've been there a few you, times. You can either stand or you can sit. And we had, did have a get. The seats are a bit uncomfortable. But I did hire a cushion. Yes, but it's advisable to hire a cushion. Well, especially at your age. <laughs> you know, it really age. is. And it's Miranda Rawson plays Anne yeah. Boleyn very well as the ghost of Anne Boleyn. I felt uh, so sorry for Anne Boleyn. I mean, she, she was in a no-win situation. She really was. And then the execution, she? and it was just... You think to yourself, God, we were bloodthirsty. And, of course, Blood she thirsty. was the person that created the Church of England. It was all mm. due to her that... The Church of England was created. The roly-poly should open the games and break dance with diversity, says Mick. And uh, Rick in Bushy says, how about Dale Winton? He could get the crowds going wild in the aisles. Andy Murray for the torch. Uh, I thought there was a rumour of girls allowed to reform for the Olympics, says Beverly. Oh, I hope not. I don't want anything as naff as that, do we? Good Lord. <laughs> Having seen Nicola Roberts on the T4 on the beach, a more embarrassing performance should be hard pushed to find. How about a bross reunion, says Sasha. I know. We'd so love to see, wouldn't we, the Bross boys back together. Luke and who was the other one? <laughs> you could do a, tri a trio with I them. I could do a trio yeah. with them, yes. Here's me and Matt Goss, my new bestest <laughs> friend. Don't think so. Where did he disappear back to? LA, isn't it? I think Vegas or something like that. Daniel Craig could open the games. Yes, we could have a James Bond theme, couldn't we, yes. with people? But it's been done before. They did it at the Los Angeles games years ago, where they came in on power packs over the stadium. You know, these sort of jetpack things, which I always wanted. But that's why the river is so good, because you can yeah. do so much with it. River of Fire, which mm. that never happened before. Maybe we get it right this time. David Bowie to open the Olympics, says Mike. Not really. We're trying to pick somebody who's a bit young and showing, you know, it's young people coming. We don't want to bring out all the old geriatrics, for goodness sake. Uh, status quo to open the games with Sean Connery and Michael Caine. Now you're stretching the bounds of credibility. And uh, Vic says Paul McCartney has passed his sell-by. Well, I don't think he's passed his sell-by. I just think we need to find up somebody better. Um... Kim likes the programme. Will and Harry. Will and, sorry, Will and Kate and Harry to open the games. Yes, I think that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Michael Caine, says Chris in Watford. Go and, go and get somebody more English. Yeah, girls allowed for little... Oh dear, Barney and Beckenham. No, de definitely not. Uh, ABBA reformed. Um, but they're they're Swedish. Sweden. We don't want Swedish no. people here. Pat Butcher to open the Olympics. Well, her earrings could do her it. Her earrings could do it, I suppose. <laughs> uh, Dizzy Rascal. They're funny names. Dizzy Rascal. Real name, whatever it is. I can't remember. There's another one, isn't there? Called Basil Brush to open the games. Oh, please. <laughs> a good one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Liam and Noel Gallagher to open up the boxing with an exhibition bout. That'd be good. quite fun. And Jim says, you can't have the mass bands of the Marines. We'll have had further year of cutbacks. They may be able to muster the massed instruments and a one-man band. Stephen Fry to open the Olympics with Hugh Laurie and his new band to kill a song for the opening ceremony. Or Brendan off coach trip. God. Dear me. It's all looking a bit sad, I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, so it's not going to happen at all, any of those. Rotary clubs do a fantastic uh, amount of good, says uh, Sheila. They're always looking for people to join. In fact, she belongs to the Havering East Rotary Club. She says, I live in Gidea Park in Lynx Avenue. Same road as, road as your auntie used to live. Yep, she did. And uh, Jeremy says, get Cliff Richard to open the games. It would appease all those who did not get tickets. 
Why? Yeah, well I, don't, well, I don't know. Perhaps because he's saying Cliff's very popular and uh, and people love Cliff Richard. I think Nancy DeLolio could just stand up and be, be delusional. <laughs> and, sort of, and just, we go, lovely, dear, now go home, OK? <laughs> She's Italian. Exactly. So she can't do anything. Well, she can't in real life. <laughs> so, I mean, she just turns up and comes up with all sorts of balmy things. Listen, um, just about it for this morning. We'll do it again on Sunday. And I can tell you... That uh, Nick Ferrari this morning, Yasmin Alibi-Brown is looking at the papers. So it's going to be the hacking scandal. Now the news of the world bosses have agreed to be quizzed by MPs. It'll be Murdoch and his son. And, very uh, interesting, that. And also Rebecca. In fact, you have to read Frankie Boyle's one. He's very funny about Rebecca. Mm. Because apparently Alan Carr, chatty man, said first thing she needs to do is do something with that barnet of hers. <laughs> yes, it's all a bit whoosh, isn't it? Yes. How about famous athletes opening the Olympics, like Daley Thomas? Daley Thompson, yes, good idea. The Rolling Stones or David Brent, mm-hmm. which is a good idea. So right. Doesn't he mean David Blunt? No, it means David Brent. What's that? David Brent, he's the character done by Ricky Gervais in The Office. Oh. David, I know. Not really very good, is it? Goodness good idea. Uh, they're all appearing on uh, Breakfast with Nick this morning. Donna Dawson is talking uh, as a behaviour expert about what Rupert Murdoch needs to say. Quentin Letts will look at the political perspective. And uh, Twitter has its fifth anniversary. And we Twitter on LBC, of course. Uh, plus the hacking roundup for the last fortnight in the business perspective with David Buick and Tessa Jowell will be talking as well about the uh, victim's perspective. This is over, over hacking. It's dreadful, really. It's going to rattle on over the weekend. We'll wait and see if we find out. Will we all cope with one less Sunday paper? The answer is, of course we will. Of course we'll cope with that one less Sunday paper. It's all the poor journalists out there. I wonder who's going to turn up first on another newspaper. That'll be the interesting thing to see. And uh, it's obviously, says Lynn, it wasn't me or you who won the Euro Millions. I did look at a, a cruise the other day. Did you? I did look at a cruise. It's 111 days. That's too long. That's a, it's never too long, John. It not is with, very, 161 very million, long. it's not. No, it's about, it's about three and a half months. Yeah. And it looked long. nice. And the top cabin that they had on offer, I'm sure they've got another one they're not telling me about, was 36,000. But you could buy several. Because yes. that's what uh, pop they did, they and still didn't look very big, though, on this new P&O ship. Didn't look as... You know, for £36,000, I was expecting something a bit bigger. It must have had two floors. It must no, have been, it didn't no, appear just to have one just floor. one floor. But it'd been in one-bedroom suite. When I was on the mm. Queen Mary, I did have a little nip in and look at the very, very yeah. expensive bits. They weren't d- that much bigger. There must be a really big two-bedroom thing with a pianist who comes in and plays and a cook. You can have that yeah. on some ships. Well, you just buy, buy about six cabins in a row and have them all interconnecting. Well, don't people travelling with me. Good Lord. Mind you, the good news is they've said no no children, so that's quite a nice idea. Listen, have a nice weekend. It's going to rain later on today. Sorry to be the bringer of bad tidings. Enjoy the sunshine as is at the moment. John's back next week. Thank you very much indeed. And it's uh, Kirsty Allsop on ICW this week, which is in conversation with. And uh, she's very good. She's very she's very nice, you know. She's very, very nice. In fact, we like her. We like all of them. And, uh, and then we'll be repeating last week's between six and seven in the morning. Then we've got Sunday breakfast. How cool is that? Enjoy your weekend. Have a lovely time. Keep the radio tuned to LBC and podcast and do all these wonderful things. I wish you a blessed Friday. Uh, Nick and the team with you after seven. First of all, the business update with Holly Ford. The FTSE will open after closing down 59 points yesterday at 58.46. European regulators will release details on the finances of 90 banks later to increase transparency. The publication